Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 32 and part four in the Feelings February series, what it's like to not fear your feelings. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, I really hope this month's episodes on feelings have helped kind of broaden your view of feelings and emotion. What feelings are, really, as we talked about with Gail, I mean, this totally natural, safe ebb and flow of energy that our mind then comes in and labels and likes or dislikes, judges or doesn't judge, resists or doesn't resist. That's all after the fact. That's all the work of our brain. And we can see more about that and start to hold it a little more lightly, but really beneath the hood. I mean, really what's going on in there is we're just feeling life pour through us always, always, literally every single moment of your entire life, we're in feeling. And it's really, you know, we know this, yeah, we don't look at this. We don't, normal people don't talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, we just feel things and we talk about feelings and emotions the way that we've been kind of innocently conditioned to, the way we've been taught to. And that means you feel something and you say, "Ooh, I don't like that. That's panic. That's anxiety. That's fear. That's sadness. That's confusion. Don't like those. Or, "Ooh, I like this one. I'll take more of that. Uh-oh, what if this one goes away? And just to, just alone, if nothing else, to start to get a feel for how there's an ebb and flow of energy And then there's thinking about it, you know, then there's concepts and then there's intellect coming into the picture and talking about it and comparing it. And the whole thing is beautiful. The whole thing together is amazing and it makes us human. It's not to judge the thinking part or the conceptual part, but you know, that thinking and conceptual part, it can confuse us. It can leave us a little misguided because the whole thing is okay. And the more we can just sort of back up and see all of that happening is is pretty awesome. I hope that in last week's episode with Amanda Jones, our conversation about, you know, what happens when we fear our feelings, I hope that was eye-opening to see, of course, we do things to change the way we feel, but only when we think feelings are meaningful and dangerous and we really, really, really don't like them. And when that's the case, then we'll go to great lengths to feel differently. Of course we will, right? Because we're so healthy by nature. We humans are not designed to sit around in a bad feeling and be okay with it. <laughs> like, or sit around, I should say, in something that's there to get our attention. Sit around in something that's so against our nature and just give up. We don't do that. We're resilient and we're wise and our minds will go to work right away fighting against something that seems off. And it is off from our nature, but the way our minds fight it and try to manage it and come up with all these theories and ideas and things to avoid our feelings, well, as you heard my conversation with Amanda, that just creates a lot more problems in the end. So I hope seeing it like that and listening to us get so excited about how it really works. I mean, we just genuinely get so giddy talking about wow, isn't it crazy that we fear this stuff so much and yet the stuff that we're fearing is just there to help us. It's there to wake us up to say, this isn't you. You're in your head right now. I mean, and, it, and it's when we can read that feedback, you know, when we can really get a feel for what that feedback's showing us, it's, it's amazing. So today I want to talk a little bit more about what it's like to not 
fear our feelings, you know, what it looks and feels like, I guess, to really just let this stuff move through us. And thinking about this, and I love the way that Michael Singer and the Untethered Soul talks about this energy. Now, he's not maybe specifically talking about feelings. Maybe he does. I don't remember, to be honest. But he's talking about this energy that moves through us. And last weekend here uh, with my Deep Impact coaches, we talked about this a lot. And it was it's such a cool illustration. So in The Untethered Soul, Michael Singer tells this story about this guy whose girlfriend breaks up with him. So he's horribly depressed, right? She broke up with him. She won't talk to him. It's over. Never going to have anything to do with him again. He falls into this deep depression. And for a month, let's say. I mean, he's, there's like pizza boxes everywhere. He can barely get out of bed. He's not showing up to work. He just sits around and mopes around all day. No energy. His friends are worried about him. He hasn't showered in days. And suddenly she calls and she says, hey, I think I was wrong. I think I made a mistake. Can we talk? Now here's a person who all of his friends are worried. He had, he really, he's not faking it or making this happen. I mean, he he really had almost no energy available to him to even get out of bed. He was so caught up in this feeling. One phone call, three sentences. (laughs) Hey, I think I made a mistake. Can I come over? Can we talk? Suddenly, imagine what happens. The energy faucet is turned on high. Where did it come from? Where was it for the past month? Now all of a sudden he's filled with energy. He's running around his apartment, throwing away the pizza boxes, getting in the shower, getting everything cleaned up. Oh my gosh, you know, what if, what if, what if we get back together and she's coming over and I can't believe this. All of a sudden he's filled with energy. The sentences didn't do it. The phone ringing didn't do it. It was in there all the time. And we innocently have this kind of hamper on it. Innocently, right? So we don't, we're not doing this on purpose. But from our thinking that looks so real and that we're looking at innocently, it's heavy. It just feels like truth. It feels like she dumped me, therefore I'm so depressed. That's just the way it looks. From under that heavy blanket of thought and feeling, energy can't come up. I mean, it's it's always there. The tap was on the whole time. But it's, you know, I think of a river with like a really, really thick sheet of ice, like a block of ice on top. Sometimes there's a foot, two feet of ice on, on a lake or a river here in the middle of winter. The water's still flowing, but it's a lot slower. It's really cold, very slow underneath there because of this big, heavy ice. As soon as that ice starts to melt, the pace picks up, right? The current picks up, the water warms up, everything speeds up and starts to flow. And that's how we work. That's how we work. So we're always having fresh new thinking and feelings are always moving and changing and our health is there. And in that picked up current, our health is vibrant and alive and we have new ideas and new thoughts and and good ideas, you know, like, hey, maybe, maybe take a shower, <laughs> maybe eat something other than old pizza. Like, you know, like stuff comes to us because that's our nature. We don't have to make that happen. We don't have to make that happen at all. We don't have to and can't, as far as I can see, make ourselves creative or innovative or wise or anything because we already are. It's just a matter of how much heaviness in the form of thought and feeling are down around that. So as that removes and lifts, suddenly we feel like ourselves again. And we say, hey, what happened? Usually we look outside, right? We say, whoa, what happened out there to to do this to me? But it wasn't anything out there. It was within us. I think about this for myself. I had a 
period of time when I was in a small period of time when I was in academics and I thought that I might be a psychology professor and I was doing these job talks, they called them. So it's kind of a big deal if you're going for an academic job. I mean, I don't know what a big deal is. I guess it's different to everyone. But in my little world and and, and what everyone told me in my little world is this is a very big deal, right? So only a handful of academic jobs in our kind of specialization open up every year. It's pretty competitive. If you get asked to do a job talk, I won't bore you with the details, but it's, you know, it's a a lot of preparation, a ton of slides, a ton of data that you present to usually the whole faculty, the whole department, wherever you're going. And then before and after your talk, you're in like hour-long interviews with every member of the staff there. It's a long, grueling process. But anyway, so I did a few of these back in the day. And it was the kind of thing where I didn't think I was really all that affected. I mean, I knew I'd get a little more serious. I'd be busy and be kind of more in my head. I I sort of knew that. But it's just like I see with people as they come across this new paradigm and see more about all this. Shortly, it's afterward. It's afterward when people are often like, wow, I didn't even realize how much I was carrying around. So for me, I would do these job talks. I remember one in particular, it was the last one I did and I knew about it and was preparing for like two weeks and whatever, just going about my life. I Like in my little mind, it was like, okay, well, these two weeks are kind of suck, but that's just the way it goes when you're doing a job talk. <laughs> I didn't know this then and it just looked like, well, that's that's life when you have a job talk coming up, right? It's not fun. So as soon as this talk was over, whether it went well or not well or whatever, whether you got the job or not, for me, as soon as it was over, I would just feel it'd be like the ex calling saying, hey, I think I made a mistake. Can I come over? It's like, oh my gosh, there's my energy. There's me. I only halfway knew it was gone. You know, that's how resilient we are. I think that's pretty incredible that we can, it's not always helpful, but it is It is pretty incredible that we can live with quite a bit of thinking and feeling and we sort of adjust to it. You know, there's a real resilience in there and, and a, a way that we just kind of get used to it. But So as soon as this would be over, I mean, even just driving home, like, oh my gosh, I can finally take a deep breath. Wow. I didn't realize how much I had in there. And I remember in this very last job talk I ever did, two people told me like, oh, thank God that's over. And I'm like, what? Why why are you so happy it's over? And and then they confided of what a horrible person I had become (laughs) for those two weeks. But I was like, really? I mean, again, part of it, like, It kind of made sense, but it was shocking how much it showed up on the outside and how much I felt it only when it was gone. And again, in in the little school, big change and just people I see all over the place that are coming across this new paradigm. It's a really common thing, right? Like, wow, I didn't even know. I had no idea how heavy that weight was within me until it was lifted. And I think it's just such a cool thing. Again, it's like we have this ice, but it's okay. Like we always have some degree of ice probably. And it's, you know, it's not, we're not blaming. It's not a problem. But to start to get sensitive, start to get curious about that level of heaviness there and to know we don't need to melt the ice. We certainly don't need to make the current speed up or anything happen under that. The health is there. The fresh new thinking and new feelings are there waiting to come up. It's just covered by a thin veil of, in our human case, not really ice, but thinking. 
thinking that looks and feels heavy and real. And we're constantly getting feedback and we just need to kind of wake up to that feedback. Episode 17 is all about that feedback. So if you haven't listened to that one, I'd go back and listen. And again, I might've mentioned this already this month, but it's a great one kind of in the context of the Feelings February series, but all about how this feeling of heaviness just wakes us up to the fact that we're in our heads. It's always, always, always showing us that. And it's only showing us that. When we feel heavy, it's not saying, hey, don't accept this job if they offer it. Hey, don't go to the job talk. It's saying, hey, you're really in your head right now. Relax. Take a deep breath. Like come back to the moment for a second. Get out of all that. Fall out of that for a second if you can. And even if you can't, okay, just at least see that you're in all that. It's not the job doing this. You know, it's not that the girl dumped you. It's none of that. It's our own our own inner world. So I recently had an experience with a client that really helped me see what it looks like, what it kind of feels like as that ice starts to melt. And I just wanted to say a little bit about that. And the way I'm sharing it is just my experience from the outside, like watching my client. You know, I don't know exactly. I mean, we talked about it, of course, but I can't really speak for her or her experience or anything. But it was a really great thing for me to sort of notice in this context. So I want to share it with you. I was working with a woman who I'll call her Laura. Her father had died about a year, maybe a year and a half ago or prior to the beginning of our our talks. And um, he didn't die naturally. Like there was a lot of thinking about, a lot of, a lot of guilt, a lot of what if, a lot of should have, a, a lot of stuff around this, right? So a huge loss, huge loss. Of course, she's grieving. Um, had been through all sorts of emotions, a lot of thinking in there sometimes with all of that grieving. And the way it had sort of gone, again, I'm just sort of generalizing in this conversation, but the way it had sort of gone for Laura is that she was in shock and she grieved and all of that happened when she learned that he had died. And for, I don't know how long, several months afterward, right? You know, probably good four to six months was really hard. And then she started to wake up from it a little bit and kind of get back into her life and feel a little bit better and get back into her work and all of that. And things seemed really pretty good for Laura. So now we're talking maybe like eight, nine, 10 months out from from her father's death and she's back at work and she's, you know, not still there to some extent, but really kind of feeling like herself again. And that went on for several months and then it didn't. And then she was kind of back in some really heavy grief and some really heavy thinking. And when she asked to speak with me and kind of told me about this, it it was kind of clear to me. And I mean, you know, of course I had needed to sort of hear this more from her and hear more of her experience. But that was my hunch initially, just in hearing this was like, oh, she was grieving and then she kind of wasn't. And now she is. And that's what's throwing her. So not the feeling, not what she's going, not that she couldn't handle it, you know, not the actual loss, although the actual, I mean, there's a real actual loss there. But I could see a lot of her suffering at that point in time was about her expectations, about thinking that she should be over this, that, wait a minute, I was over this and now I'm not. What's that about? And and all of that. So I kind of went into our relationship with, you know, as blank and dumb as you can as a coach, because that's how we should go in without a bunch of expectation. But also in the back of my mind, sort of, sort of like, okay, I kind of have a feeling, I have a hunch that if this is all just normalized, if she can see that no matter what she's feeling and when she's feeling it, it's okay, 
this is gonna this is gonna lead to some change. And again, that that's as I say that that's nothing to do with Laura. That's just how we work, right? That's just more down to what I know about how human beings work. So it was so fascinating as our calls progressed, um, and we were seeing each other, and we were on video calls, so I could see her face and see all this. Days were all over the place. Some were heavy and. What, again, I, this is the caveat, it's like, I'm just saying it from my point of view, but it looked to me like so pure. She would just feel what she felt and emote and cry and be angry and be whatever she was. And it just moved right through her. It, it Honest to God, watching Laura, watching her face, watching the tears, all of that, it looked to me like, like watching my kids when they were one and two just really, really feel something. It just looked pure. That's the only word that I can think of to describe it or the word that describes it best. It came, it went, it was big, and then it was changed. You know, and afterwards she almost felt looked like, ah, okay, (laughs) you know, like, like that's moved through. And then there were days and moments and parts of calls and parts of sessions, you know, that were not like that, that were like, why and what if and should have and could have and what's going on and why do I feel this way? And that looked different. I could literally look at Laura and see such a difference. Now, I'm not, I don't mean to pit these two feelings against each other or this pure and unpure or anything against each other in that way. It's all feeling. It's all still safe. It's all essentially the same thing, but for the story kind of slapped on top of it by your mind. So it's okay. I mean, it all came and went. It all ended eventually. But just to see that difference was enormous because in one case, it just looked like here's a human being feeling feeling, feeling. And in another case, it looked like, wow, there's fighting, there's resistance, there's being in the thoughts and feelings and trying to change the thoughts and feelings from within the thoughts and feelings, which never, ever, ever works and never will. You could see it. So it was so fascinating. And it just really was part of the inspiration for this whole series is watching Laura's progression because it became kind of my job in my mind to just be there and just help her know that every single thing she felt was okay and normal. It was like just... Like I knew if she could relax around what she was feeling, that ice would just melt. And it did. I mean, it's, you know, she's still wherever she is and different in every moment, but it's incredible how much has lifted and the, the lightness that feels like it's come back. And the even more than that, the feeling of resilience that she's kind of tapped into where it's like, okay, I, I, I know that, you know, I'm not going to be done grieving. I mean, this, I could get hit with a wave of this in a year and five years and 40 years from now. Who the heck knows what shows up, why it shows up, when it shows up. But she's starting to have this much bigger feel for the safety of it all. For the, okay, it doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to last X long and, you know, X number of hours or weeks or months. I don't have to take a leave from my job. I don't have to stay at my job. Like none of that. It's just right here, pure, just feeling it and knowing that from there, she'll just know the next thing as it moves through her. So I share that just to give you a feel for what it can be like for all of us. I mean, this is an example of a a pretty major loss and a heavy thing, but I mean, that's anything. It's all the same. Fear, worry, anxiety, I mean, habits, like the ebb and flow of our cravings and urges, it all works in the exact same way. We can take that pressure off. It just picks up a little bit. Our health is just closer to the surface. And even if we can't take the pressure off, even when we feel it feeling really stuck, that's okay. That's okay. Because the beauty of the system is that 
the pressure's lifted eventually. I mean, it's so beautifully self-correcting that we really can't mess it up that much. And and in fact, we we can really start to feel pretty safe in it and changes a lot when we do. We aren't our feelings. You know, where they ebb and flow and move through us. We aren't them. They're okay. They're part of the whole isness that is all of this, as are we, you know. But just to just to see them as these expressions of life moving through us that we don't have to fear. They're safe, they're energy, they're always moving and changing. They're never requiring management or input or fixing from us. Now that doesn't mean we can't or won't or even shouldn't do that. I'm not saying that at all. It just means that they don't require that of us. They don't require processing. They don't require anything of us. We just get to open ourselves to seeing that more and more. And imagine how that health, again, as the ice melts, our health just comes to the surface. Change so much faster, so much more easy and natural when we aren't pushing and trying to have things go our way and fearing and resisting, which is so human, but also just so rooted in innocent misunderstanding. So I really hope that that this month, again, has helped you to see your feelings and maybe just even a little bit different way so that it all feels a little bit safer and a little bit easier. The Little School of Big Change reopens so soon, March 11th right around the corner. The Little School of Big Change is the place to be for a comprehensive, life-changing course taught from this new paradigm. It's also an incredible ongoing global community, and I love it so much. I really want you to join us. If you're curious about the school and how it works, I have a completely free highlight series. Little School of Big Change Highlights is a short five-part series giving you some of the highlights of the school and what's taught there. You can check that out at thelittleschoolofbigchange.com slash highlights. Thank you so much for listening to Changeable. I hope you get a lot out of this podcast. I absolutely love doing it. And I'll see you back here next week.